It's a it's a big day. It's an important national holiday. Um, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I feel, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, yeah. How's how's your Fourth of July? Whoo, buddy. Yeah. Like I said, if I I'm making kimchi today, and I'm yeah. gonna watch some YouTube videos, and if I do that, I feel like I accomplish things. I'm um. I think I'm the not- most the most American thing that I'm doing today, and hopefully the only American thing I'm doing today, is I am preparing some meatloaf. But uh, yeah, Ooh. I'm trying to avoid. So I was saying, I, I think love a good meated loaf. Indeed, yes, a loaf of meat. Um, <laughs> I was telling some other folks, I said, you know, I think my favorite Fourth of July was about two years ago when I was in Toronto at the time. So no one, <laughs> nothing happened, and no one cared. So yeah. Um, oh uh, yeah, last night was great because there were sporadic fireworks from about oh yeah eight p.m. to ten thirty p.m. I love I love that when I'm trying to sleep. Love they were that close by you. too. Yeah. So like the thing is, <clears throat> the thing is that uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, some of our fireworks things have been closed. Like the state has yeah. exercised its unjust authority over the people. Oh, yes. And it has closed some of the fireworks shows, but there's still two that are happening tonight. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I'm not super excited about. Uh, yeah, I just don't I, care. I don't care. I don't know. I don't care. I, I, I became like older. an old grunt, gr- gr- grunch. I almost say grunch. That's yeah. like <laughs> grunch. That's a new <laughs> word. That is We're the a bunch word. of grunches. <laughs> grunch. We're grunches. <laughs> we, I gotta put weird because so I don't forget the context here later. Yeah, we're grunches. Um, which is like a grumbly Grinch. Right. About holidays in general but like i'm not i don't care about fireworks i've seen I all the I fireworks. Find fireworks pointless um and i actually wonder about the effects on, they have on air quality because some of those large fireworks displays are ridiculous Knowledge. Um, i don't know why we need to set fire to the sky on a particular yes. day every year I, yeah um, it's, it's just- <laughs> i i'm more and more too my general feeling is that displays of patriotism uh in support of a place where you happened to be born just does not make a lot of sense to me. I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. I'm not a yeah, I mean, uh I was thinking about this in the shower today that I have more in common with the working people of every nation than with the rulers of any any particular nation. He's so, on fire. Yeah. Yeah, just a couple of working class grunches right here. Grunches. Uh part of the part of the mass uh proletariat. Yeah. I don't I mean like what just because I, I was know. born here, why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I think that the fact that there's just like less and less of a, there's just less and less to celebrate about this country. There's a lot of <laughs> heightened contradictions and they have become very heightened lately that on, on the one hand, you know, you have people who will, um, you know, talk about Black Lives Matter or any number of other things on Friday and then on Saturday, they lo- they're like America, greatest country. Woohoo, jets, fighter jets, eagles, etc. And it's like, mm, I feel like you're compartmentalizing time, a little too much there. I don't want to begrudge anybody having fun watching the the fires go boom in the sky. Whatever. Like, that's the thing is, like, you feel like a jerk. Like, this is what I was saying earlier. I don't want to be a wet blanket, like, but I don't want I feel like people a big to jerk. To, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but I also 
don't want people to like i don't know because the thing is being unpatriotic is also bad so yeah i don't know yeah it seems though that twitter agrees with us because um all countries matter is currently trending oh my god (laughs) what it's like it's like a moth to the flame so go every liberal to the dumbest possible thing it is it is kind of amusing but like i don't know you're not gotcha-ing anyone It's not. You, this you haven't. The, you haven't owned anyone. That's the premise. <laughs> that's like the false premise upon which all liberal owns stand. Right? Is that right? The 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 my opponent actually believes in the things that they are saying yeah, and my, like my actually cares about be, critical thinking. They've really. Yeah. This is an argument. No, they don't care. They're what? <laughs> yeah, your opponents are not shamed by hypocrisy. They literally yeah. do not care. They literally do not care. prefer not to. They just, it's not, you're not going to win. Anyway, one of the non-American things that I've been doing is I've been enjoying some sparkling lemonade that I got at the store. It, it is, I Ooh. learned French sparkling lemonade, so there you go. Oh, yeah. I love a, I love a, the, I love a good uh, Italiano, that stuff that's, <laughs> the San, have you had that San Pellegrino where it's like oh, sparkling yes. water with like a yes, hint I of have. like yes, b- I love. orange juice? I love the blood orange of that. It's very good. I'm not gonna. Ha- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna have to go down to the the service station on the corner because they they carry many good. Be- they're like a you know the beverage service stations where it's like yeah yeah oh, yeah yes. we got gasoline but like really this is you're really gonna, gonna want to come inside <laughs> yeah we got a lot of beverage uh, we got a lot of beverage is it yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, um. Yes. Uh, the gas station nearest to me is like that, and it is. It is good. Yeah. So I. Yes. I think today. Today is a day that calls for some kind of beverage. Yeah. I've yeah. got beverage. Like right now. This is the thing I do that that beguiles and boggles the mind of mm. people when I tell them this. But I've just got a big thing of tonic water here. Hmm. And I just drink straight tonic water. Hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. which you've upgraded from from sparkling water to tonic water. I mean, I switch back and forth every once. In a while. Like, I want to want a little bit of the flavor. Mm-hmm. I get that that tonic. I feel like water. drinking drinking tonic water is very like nineteenth century sort of thing. It's like, it's got- oh, I went down to the pharmacist and got some tonic water for my joints. <laughs> he bled me a little bit. <laughs> it was. I did very well in the I, leaching, so he gave I me a free a t- tonic I water. A, I got a tooth pulled and had a milkshake at the same uh, time. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know, but I like it. Uh, most people think it only belongs in a gin and tonic um but i that's don't I have mean, that's gin, not, so like it's not illegal so i don't know why you would think that <laughs> it's just got that sour quinine taste that makes you pucker a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and it's stopping me from getting malaria I haven't gotten malaria once right so yeah there you go there say you go. what you will haters right but anyhow you know happy happy uh fourth of july thank you Speaking of America and consumerism. Oh, yes. You, I you did a consumerism. A uh, yeah. So I believe we mentioned that I ordered a chair, and the chair has arrived now. It arrived in a wow. large box, a large heavy box. Um, and it came in two pieces, very American. I'm Excuse too dumb to put me? It, 
you too dumb to put, to put it, together. it together myself. So basically, all you do is you put the 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 chair part on the wheels part, and you're good to go. Oh, and that's then you so sit nice. In it. That's actually a step a of the assembly: is sit in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten a chair that wasn't like at least three or four pieces, if not more. Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah. I kind of so wish that box. it was more because I wanted to have like an activity, you know, make an activity out of it. But instead, it was just like, oh, ah. I guess I'm done. But then you have the activity because this has very adjustable uh, armrests because they can move up and down, but also side to side and in and out and rotate. So wow, it's uh, yeah, it's actually almost a little. They're almost too adjustable because if I lean on them in just the right way, they move a little bit. But but the cool Man. thing about this chair is that it's designed for you to sit sideways in it. Now, I'm, when you've you've told me that you've every time you've mentioned this chair, you said, uh, "I love this chair because I can sit sideways," and I go, "Cool." But really, I have no idea of understanding what that means. So now, basically, you know, you're sitting in a chair. The back is at your back. Yeah. Now imagine basically rotating the chair ninety degrees underneath you. So now the back is like On your cushioning side. your shoulder. Yeah, and you can sit like that in this chair. They say Why this chair is designed to... for for um to allow for movement, natural body movement. Why would you want to? I can't imagine wanting to do that. Well, here's the thing about me: I'm very fidgety, so I can't just sit okay. in one place. Oh. I have to be like moving around from time to time. Oh. So it okay. is helpful. Also, you know, I, I like to, I like I to sit have... on my chair sideways and say, you know, we've had fun today. But I think the real <laughs> lesson. <laughs> You got, can you do the Riker thing in it where you just lift your leg over it and... Oh, not quite, but I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I think the armrest would complicate that a little bit, but yeah. My chair, I have the same chair at home as I do at work Mm. um, because I like it. And it has no arms. Well, I, I didn't put the arms on my home version, but I have the arms at my work version and I can never decide which I like better. Hmm. But the no yeah, arms, you mean, know, I could I, sit. I go through phases where it's like, I don't want the arm. <laughs> Let me try it right now. Here we go, just, I'm going to try, try and. Uh, uh, how do I? This is good Foley work sideways. here. Sideways. <laughs> ah, hit that. Okay. Mark, just look at me now. This is weird. <laughs> right now, I, have to... I am completely disoriented. <laughs> I just, Is that you? Uh, <laughs> wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. I don't know about that. Like, I have uh, to have a wide stance in order to make this right. situation. We're the only things in here not upside down. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> let me get, let me get, I got to move it again. Uh, uh. Now that's. <laughs> oh, no, I knocked over cans. Okay. By the avocado dog. Okay. See. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Now, see, I believe that you actually did that, but we're not gonna. That could have just been you messing around the whole time, (laughs) just making exertion noises. (laughs) Just like very complicated my setup here. Yeah. (laughs) Gabagool. Speaking of exertion. Uh, well, no, hey, I want to stick on your chair because I'm very happy for you. Sorry. I didn't. Oh, Do you thank have more you, yes. about your chair? Yeah, no, that was it. You know, it's good. Okay. I, I, it's, a, it's a nice chair. It's, it's cool to sit in for a while. See, now that's good. That's good. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. get swampy butt, you know? Precisely, yes. And that was my biggest concern. But, of course, you know, my other chair had developed a tear, so something had to be done. So I can't. Every time I hear a tear now, I... <laughs> 
I think of something else mm, mm, because mm. of pregnant what? friends, friends oh. who oh, were dear. recently birthed. Hmm. So now, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> moving on. Um, speaking of tears, uh, live live TV streaming services yeah. have basically uh, just ripped themselves into. I am never going to financially recover from this. Yeah. Um. They're just cable now. What we did is we reinvented cable, but rather than rather than plugging it into your TV, uh, you plug it into your computer. Um, so, you know, these live t- TV streaming services, I think the first big one was Sling TV, right. uh, which was, was at the time, I don't know if it still is a subsidiary of Dish Network. And then they proliferated fairly quickly because they realized there was a demand for this sort of thing. And the, the sort of benefit of it was that it would give you a relatively small number of channels, sort of a la carte or close to a la carte. That way you yeah. didn't have to pay the big price to get all the channels, most of which you don't watch. I mean, because, that was like, like the big thing was Sling TV, like even their ads, you know, right. was... Yeah. And oh, it's yeah, like, it's look, you get cart. the good channels. You you get, you know, you don't get QVC because you don't watch QVC. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so that started out at $20 a month, which was quite reasonable. Um, we had then, it. We had it. But it was, it was never, it didn't ever quite work. It was very... Sling TV garbo. in particular was, was uh, often troubled by load. Uh, and yeah. would get taken down during like very popular programs, uh, you know, yeah. like the Super Bowl and things like that. Um, then you had PlayStation View, which was a Sony product that started at thirty dollars a month, uh, and then was discontinued um, after rising to fifty dollars a month. Um, AT and T TV Now, formerly Direct TV Now, started at thirty five dollars a month, which was already quite expensive compared to the competition. Um, has now risen to $55 a month and has lost over a million customers over the past year and a half because AT&T literally doesn't know how to run TV services. AT&T bought DirecTV and has basically destroyed it. So, uh, cool. Good for them. Yeah, good work. Um, Hulu Live TV, that was a big thing. Hulu, for a while, you know, it was just a place where you could watch, um, you know, on-demand television. Then they added their, their TV streaming service which started at $40 and that was a premium price but it was like well you get the whole Hulu back catalog and live TV streaming that's now $55 um, but I think the most egregious one is YouTube TV Google's service which started at $35 a month for a pretty reasonable selection of TV channels um, and has now risen I think uh, there's been like three price raises and it's now $65 a month and has as many channels as like a basic cable package and in fact it's now more expensive than most basic cable packages when you when you bundle them with internet so yeah this is great um we haven't solved anything here (laughs) and and you see that this isn't viable like playstation view was discontinued because it isn't viable to try and run one of these services at these price points because ultimately you're still paying the network's money uh, you know, and they'll get their money whether they get it from a cable provider or a streaming TV provider because they they have the content, and like if you want to carry the content that they have, you have to pay them the money that they demand. That's just sort of how it works. So yeah. like that, this won't be solved. We won't have like a cheap TV service thing, and until somehow the whole network system like goes away or is replaced. But they I found a grift, and they're going to... It's, it's annoying, because now it's like, well, now what are we going to do? Because, like, my family, we all went in on YouTube TV, 
mm-hmm. so that you you can but the difference between cable and something like YouTube TV, one of these uh, streaming services, is that at least you can share them between multiple people in different geographical right. locations. Yeah, because you can watch it on the go, right? It's not tethered to a particular physical location. Right. So in that sense, you know, it is nice. But I don't know, man. I, but is it I'm, $65 a month <laughs> nice? <laughs> Yeah, when you were paying thirty five. Well, especially <laughs> like my my brother is the one who's who owns it, mm. and he's a sports guy, and so for him it was a matter. Well, there's no sports, like right, yeah. So you're paying all this more, all this money, but there's no sport, and I mean, look, there's no new TV either. There's no, the only places that have anything new really are like some streaming services have stuff that are like, well, this was too crappy to put out before but you know uh right. the hogs are hungry so we'll give them this yeah. swill <laughs> we, we're scraping the literal bottom of the barrel here uh, <laughs> right <yeah>. so <sighs> ah, i don't know that was a big old sneeze yeah i just think it's i just think it's interesting to watch all of this and you know i don't know i mean the thing is uh that people have been canceling their their cable um for for a long time <laughs> Uh, and, yeah. but like the alternative, if you want to watch live TV is no longer better. Um, but I don't know, but then you have people like me, like I just, I don't watch live TV. I watch YouTube. So, right. And that is to me mostly free. I pay for the ad free YouTube because I watch enough YouTube to get annoyed yeah. by the number of ads, but like the videos themselves don't cost me money <laughs> unless I choose to like subscribe to the Patreon of the person making it. So yeah. yeah it's just more interesting I, you know it's like youtube there are a lot like we were talking about a youtube series before before we started recording um things that would not go on network tv because just like where how would you even where would they go you know so yeah that's where I, i'm at with it. i use network tv for basically california's gold <laughs> and to <laughs> and for news and for um sports was like really mm-hmm. the only things I watch on my YouTube TV. Yeah, I admit when back when the debates were a thing and I wanted to watch them, um, you know, some of them were still on networks that are like, oh, you don't pay for our network, then you don't get to watch the debate, which is like, mm, okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to do. I'm starting to think. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm starting to think like, do we get cable and do I build? Uh, more robust Plex server, mm-hmm. and with the cl- with the cloud DVR stuff that you can do with Plex. And then I'm thinking, boy, that sounds like way more money and a lot of work. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and it's a thing you have to maintain, which is you know, yeah, which yeah, you know, that's pain in the butt. It's already kind of a pain in the butt. So I don't know, yeah. but uh. Just, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer all around, I think. Mm-hmm. So this week's, uh, do we have the sponsor music anymore? Did that, did that, there we go. Whoa, this sponsor music, man. I can get some different sponsor music if you'd like. I've got No, it. no, no, I like it. No, keep playing it. Oh, well, wait a minute. 
This is pretty good. Here in my garage, just bought this uh, new land. Oh, no, wait. That's, I'm sorry. That was a mistake. Uh, yeah, let's do this one. Okay. Uh, this week's uh, episode is sponsored by Idle Curiosities, which is a podcast. Indeed. Uh, hosted by some of our friends. It's a good podcast. You, you should, should listen go to listen it. to it. We'll Search hopefully for... remember to link it. <laughs> we'll have to find the link later. It's uh, You want to hear about... Um, Ants Dawn's. biting a child's pee-pee. Mm, who doesn't? Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Judaism. There's a, for some inexplicably, there's a lot of um, Midwestern knowledge. This it's a good show for me because I learn about all these Midwestern things, mm, mm-hmm. and I feel like that brings us closer together here. It does, yeah, very similar. Yeah. Except you know, uh, you know, so I'm from the Midwest. You're from the West Coast. Their dynamic yeah. is Midwest East Coast. So right. They're yeah. almost like the mirror version of us, if you think kind about of, it. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But they do hmm. like a bunch of work to create their show, so it's based off of their their Google search histories yeah. each yeah. week. I, I'm a little jealous of the effort they that they put in, but um, yeah, they do they do uh, what what's it, transcripts of their show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, editing. Um, they do tight editing. We don't do any of that. Yeah. And I, this is my promise that. that we will never do that. <laughs> I will never. We want do you that. to have the full unfiltered experience. <laughs> yeah, you want to make a transcript of our show? Go for it. Yeah. I have a robot that does the that that does like AI transcripts of our show. Maybe I read I that sometimes. <laughs> do you read that? <laughs> They're not good, <laughs> <laughs> especially because it includes the soundboards. Right. Yeah. So, like, I'm gonna go in here real quick and pull up. Um, the, our latest episode. Go ahead, sir. You had a question, <clears throat> and, and it's uh, HTML file here. Um, Andrew. Well, um, let's see. I don't know how to start this episode, but you know, a lot of people don't have to start the podcast. You know, they gave, and but then they're just like, right. I'm now. I'm completely disoriented. The idea Bill, is to Bill, try and um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like uh, it's gibberish. It's kind of. Yeah, I mean, you kind of could get the idea of what we're talking about. Let us know if you want to read the computer um, transcript sometime, because we right. can send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> to order transcripts of this program, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to... <laughs> we should do that. We should really do that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't even know how to get into this, but it was an idea that... that somebody came up with was it you i i think it was me i can't remember at this point (laughs) i'm afraid (laughs) that claiming that it was me that it wasn't me but sure listen season season four let's just acknowledge that there's stuff that's been sitting in the dock it's been marinating for some time and you know sometimes when you're marinating something for that long you open up the the bag and you're like what is this right yeah, you're like, what did I put? What did I put in the smoker again? I don't remember. You pull it out and you you throw it on the grill, and inshallah, it's actually edible, but yeah. you don't quite know. Right. This is one of those. I thought it was pretty funny, um, but we should start. We're thinking that we should start doing cancellations for the dead. Yeah. So they're like proxy the proxy baptisms that happen in in uh, the Mormon uh, religion. Right. Um, or you can baptize someone after the fact, basically. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but now we can, this, now we can, now we can cancel them. Yeah. 
No, I yeah. so this I believe the idea for this came from a tweet that was calling out um uh you know um or basically there was a collection of tweets um that people were going on about about various celebrities um found to have done blackface and it included among them Judy Garland who yeah. is not not currently living and has not been living for some time. <laughs> So I, I'm remembering the details of this now. So I postulated yeah. that we, we could do um, cancellations for the dead, wherein we, you know, um, basically stamp a big canceled thing on their headstone or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and have like a ceremony. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So watch out. Not like, you know, everyone's everyone's scared of the modern cancel culture that it will come for them. Yeah. But I think a lot of people aren't thinking it could also come for your ancestors. You, you won't be able to tweet through it when you're dead. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, so just, you know, keep your head on a swivel mm-hmm. and be better, okay? Uh, speaking of tweeting through it, <clears throat> this has been, this has been, I've been paying attention. So I haven't, I've been off of work this week for the, for the holiday. Yeah. Um, I'm thank you, thank you, America. For, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank by you. the way, manda- mandatory. I didn't have a choice. It was mandatory vacation. That's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> truly american um yeah uh so i've been paying attention to twitter a lot more than usual because i have nothing else to do with my time um and before you ask it's been bad my mental health is in a very frayed state um but um something that has broken out this week was um venture capitalists have been harassing um journalists but one journalist in particular taylor lorenz who we've i think mentioned on the program before um she does a lot of journalism about um like popular culture and technology um not mm-hmm. not tech reporting like oh the new macbook but tech reporting like here's how teens are using tiktok to uh you know date or things like that um mm-hmm. interesting technological trends um and uh so venture capitalists have been basically harassing her this whole week um Basically, because um, they they interpreted some tweet that she made about the founder or the co-founder of Away. Do you remember that whole debacle, the the luggage company? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the so the the co-founder of Away um, earlier this week um, what did like a Q and A on Instagram with like the Instagram stories thing, and made some some big post where um, you know basically someone asked her. I don't know. It was some dumb question, and she had a very silly response that proved that she had learned nothing from the whole away mm-hmm, debacle mm-hmm, last year. Mm-hmm. Was that earlier <laughs> this year? Right. I can't remember. Um, so then uh, Taylor Lorenz made a tweet that that pointed out the um, that pointed that fact out basically, and then venture capitalists proceeded to um, attack her and say, you know, basically um, using her to launder all their complaints about the media. Um, and the reason this is is because venture capitalists are used to tech media sort of giving them fawning coverage of like the companies that they invest in or things like that. Right. Right. Yeah. You get you get glowing coverage of your stupid app or whatever. Um, but that has stopped happening as we've realized that um, perhaps apps are a little more serious and they have social consequences. Um, yeah. And now that the technology industry is being critiqued more, all the venture capitalists are upset about it because um, people aren't just uh, you know fawning and uh showering them with praise anymore um so there's one guy in particular uh his name is uh balaji srinivasan um and just so you know a little bit about him he used to be the chief technology officer at coinbase the bitcoin company uh so Ah. we love that 
I don't know about yeah, you, but my it. rule is that I am suspicious of anyone who's done anything in a professional capacity related to cryptocurrency. Um, yeah. <laughs> just seems like a good rule to follow. Um, but yeah, so he's done several tweets, um, basically um, uh, attacking Taylor, uh, you know, um, inciting harassment of her, basically. It's been very dumb. Um, and of course, the reason he can get away with this is because he's like a powerful guy with lots of money. Um, but it's all it's all very dumb, um, and uh, it happened later in the week that quite a lot of um, journalists and, and other tech related folks started jumping in to defend um, Taylor from from all of these dumb attacks that have come from people like uh, Balaji, also Jason Calacanis, which I'm sure is a name that you recognize. Oh, oh wow, um, I forgot really about him. Grade oh, A dumbass. I, every time someone brings up Jason Calacanis, it's like, why do I have to remember this guy again? I know, yeah. He was, so oh. he's he's known uh, well known for um, not only being a complete dumbass, but also a lot of failed ventures um, that he claims were successes. Um, and uh, um let's see he had he had a good uh uh set of tweets um which he's, i posted he's mr M mr mahalo he's mr mahalo yes he tried to take tried, on google he and, tried to uh, make he tried to make uh yahoo a thing again yeah right <laughs> we don't want us you don't want a search engine we want a directory yeah perhaps his most successful startup was, was Weblogs inc which i believe created engadget which like cool whatever um yeah. But uh, um, uh, let me find this real quick because it was it was yeah. uh, sort of delightful. Um, the thing about the thing, I remember Mahalo because I remember uh, somehow I swindled away into like creating pages mm -hmm. on it. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> and that's how I knew. Oh yeah, this this probably isn't trustworthy. Yeah. So a um, a reporter for the information. Um, made a series of tweets that said people like Balaji and Jason should talk more to journalists. They lack the basic understanding of how reporting works. Critical stories come about because people tell us things in the best cases because they're unhappy about how things are and want them to change. And then Jason replied to this guy and said, Hey dummy, I created the original version of the information in 1996. It was called Silicon Alley reporter. It makes it made 12 million a year, was a 300-page magazine, and had 50-plus journalists on staff. I created Weblogs, Inc., which had the number one blog in the world and five of the top 25. 11 years ago, I started one of the first podcasts in the world, which has 25 million listeners a year and does millions in revenue. It's called This Week in Startups. I've done more in journalism in a year than you will likely do in a lifetime. Put some respect on my name. Uh, that being said, I hope you eclipse all my success in your life. Sincerely, a good start would be Googling someone's name before you pop off on them on social media. And Tom replied and said, Hey, Jason, you and I know each other back from the LA tech scene and your Mahalo inside.com days. You've also asked me to be on your podcast before. Don't even need to Google you. So just an incredible <laughs> cell phone from Jason there, which is typical of his, um, uh, lack of thoroughness in this regard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, let's see. So you have Jason Calacanis, you have this Balaji guy, you have um, you have uh, one of the guys from Andreessen Horowitz, Ben Horowitz, um, and uh, yeah, just just a, a who's who of terrible people um, who are just wasting time. Um, but the fun thing is that there's there's this app that they have called Clubhouse, and it is exactly what it sounds like. Um, <sighs> it's basically an invite only audio chat app. Um, oh, cool. And so they all got on there on Wednesday night and they complained that journalists have too much power. Um, 
And uh, let's see, what was the, uh, there was a particularly um, stupid thing that one of them said. Well, first, Balaji accused um, Taylor of being a racist because she is basically suggested that she's afraid of brown men, which is <laughs> cool and great. Um, oh, where was it? There was the... Uh, These people just really do not like to be challenged, like in they any don't, way. They like, don't think... Yeah, they, they don't believe that really, you should challenge them in any way. They've never really experienced substantial friction in their life. You know, yeah. everything's just so frictionless for them. Mm-hmm. And the moment they, they get any sort of pushback, it's like, oh, I'm being attacked. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. So uh, the fun thing is that this audio conversation got recorded and leaked. So then, then they were Ooh. all crowing about um, illegal recordings and things like that. And then Balaji put up a his twinned his pinned tweet his his twinned Pete at his the moment Pete. Um, is him soliciting uh, uh, with a reward of a thousand dollars in Bitcoin for the best meme about um this whole incident as well as a thousand dollars in bitcoin for the best legal analysis as to his options regarding the illegal recording i just want to say that a thousand dollars in bitcoin is definitely going to get you the best legal representation that money can buy um also how would you know it's good legal representation yeah like if you were qualified enough to know if it was good you wouldn't need it because you could do it yourself right (laughs) these people are so dumb (laughs) yeah i mean it just comes from a complete misunderstanding of the purpose of journalism which is not to do your pr for you so grow up yeah Oh, man, that made me mad. And then I was like, let's move on to something else. But now I'm going to be even madder. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) You heard of this coronavirus thing? Oh, my gosh. I don't I don't know why it turned everyone. It's like secretly finding out everyone in your life is is an actor in some elaborate yeah, uh, right. It feels a little prank. bit like a Truman Show kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like because it's like everybody is being so stupid and doing so many stupid things and you'll be talking with them and you'll think you're on the same page and then they'll reveal like that they oh that they like went to an orgy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, "Huh?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like yeah. Am I yeah, the only so- one actually like wearing a mask when i go out and like basically avoiding contact with people that's unnecessary right. like yeah. this seems like a baseline thing to do in a pandemic but everyone well, else the is thing like is not. Uh, we've decided that the pandemic is basically over because we got tired of staying inside um so it's fine now we've decided um you can just, go out and about um i don't yeah. get it yeah i don't it, it's yeah um the fact that, you know, um, we keep breaking new records every day on number of new cases um, as we continue to keep things open. Um, I, we saw some movement on that at the very end of this week. But, uh, yeah, still, it's um, I guess we're just going to we're just going to power through it uh, and act it's just like wild because it's even people that are like. What what to steal a phrase from a friend the the Johns Hopkins dashboard warriors like that are like just ingesting the pipeline of data right 
even they those see the big people, line go up, but they don't process it. They don't process it, and they're like, go on like weekend weekends with the huge group of friends, and it's like, yeah, like, it's like no, you can't be doing that now. Disconnect, I, like. I, I feel like I'm not a smart... This is the thing. I don't feel like I'm that smart of a person. Mm. I don't feel like I'm a big brain genius. You know, I don't have a degree in biology. But, like, I learned in my freshman biology class how viruses work mm-hmm. <laughs> on a very basic level. Yeah, right. And how they can be transmitted through particles in the air. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Nobody can get the basics of how this thing works and right. all of it becomes this sort of theoretical metaphysical thing that you can like argue and reason about and yeah. not like just a scientific fact about yeah, no, I, uh, like I, uh, the nature of reality. <laughs> I saw a TikTok today from an account called The Teen Republican, uh, where he oh, had gosh. he had posted that uh, you know ma- masks uh, you know don't make a difference to coronavirus. So I reported it as misleading COVID nineteen information, and TikTok said that it does not violate their policies, which uh, very cool, uh, cool, very cool TikTok, very cool. <laughs> um, yeah, you know we've got a debate over whether masks matter, which is silly. Uh, put on your mask. Masket or casket. Those are your choices. Yeah. Masket um, or casket. And yeah, people want to go outside and have fun. And I, I understand that it is difficult because it's very nice outside and you want to go be with friends and other people. But you cannot. You have to. I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's not going to be uh, boring or painful, but that's what you have to do. Because if you thing- don't, you are putting yourselves and others at risk. I think the thing that's really hard for me to grasp is I, I, I feel like there's two wolves inside of me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> one wolf is like my... This, this sounds like some, some ideology here. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's like one wolf is my feeling of like, yeah, it, 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 in my past, which was this like kind of like libertarian ish, like, you know, um, reject modernity kind of vibe, (laughs) embrace tradition, reject modernity. Like I do kind of have that in, in, there's a little bit of a traditionalist, like natural, like romantic side Mm. to me, like, but in the classical meaning of romanticism, right? Like, right. That like what's natural is better. What's old and, tried and true is probably better like we don't and I really think, <laughs> and i think about like what would happen if if all of a sudden we everyone in this time period switched places with the people were in the time period of like uh the great depression and world war Two. Mm, like mm-hmm. i mean i mean the story would have been completely different like we, we we can't even handle the fact of like just don't go out right yeah <laughs> nobody's asking you to like use vouchers to reclaim turnips right and you can only drive like every other day like we're not to the point of national sacrifice right that we've experienced in other times and we're we're inside for two months (laughs) and now we're We're fed up so catastrophic and but then there's the other wolf inside of me that's like yeah life really sucks now though people are so alienated they're so um 
like deprived uh, mm. materially in their lives. They're so beat down. There's rampant like mental health crisis going on. Yeah. So it, it is a different situation, but these like two conflicting ideas are always inside of me, um, like fighting against each other. But, but at really... the same time, it, it's never been easier to stay inside and stay connected and entertained. Right? Like imagine if we yeah. didn't have the internet or phones, you know, like, so I don't, I don't imagine know. Imagine if like... this was the Blitz. Imagine if, I mean, cause that's what the Blitz was, right? Stay yeah. inside. Right. Or yeah. you would literally die from being right. bombed. <laughs> but instead, we've decided that we're sick of staying inside for, you know, for the past two months or whatever. So we're going to go outside now and, you know, the, let the chips fall where they may, I guess. Whatever. I, you know, it's fine. Listen, <laughs> listen, I probably won't get it. Oh, I, pro- yeah. I already had it. I already yeah. had it. Yeah, so, no, I, yeah, I already had it. <laughs> Jill, don't worry about Turn it. Turn it up. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Another thing that's breaking my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that's breaking my brain is um, some. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen as soon as these uprisings started, and there was a new focus on police brutality. Mm -hmm. Um, they were. I knew it. People, because one one of the first things people bring up. I've participated in this in the past. I've since repented, but like. Mm. I, the 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 big thing is to be like these corrupt police unions are the problem, right? Yeah. Which because uh, hmm. so <laughs> yeah, I mean this that, is this yeah. is complicated, right? It is. So, yeah, my, my thought on this is police unions. So police unions are very powerful and they protect their members. And the reason that that's bad is because they protect their worst members, who are people who have killed other people. But right. the thing is, they are performing the function of a union that I wish that every other union was as powerful as a police union. Yeah, just they're just empowered being... to like protect workers from being crushed by equipment right. or whatever. When you look at it, they're being a good union. They're doing the job of they're, a union. They're, they're being a good union, just not in service of particularly good ends, I would say. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but what happens is you open, when you open up the door, to making this about police unions, you open up the door to it becoming about, well, what about other unions? Right. And we all knew this was going to happen. And boy, howdy, has it, has it started to happen. And guess- Would, would you just, say that it popped off? Take a guess which union, you know, oh, they'd like to- uh, hmm. uh, uh, Sanitation workers. Mm, uh, no. The Teamsters. Uh, uh, no. Uh, this food article- and commercial- <laughs> This article from Dan Walters, who mm. is basically the the butt Stevens of California opinion journalists, is oh my god! You have a local one? That's terrible. <laughs> he's he's uh, I hate him so much. Uh, his his I article: Police MVP. unions, pa- police unions power wanes. But what about teachers? How about teachers? Oh uh, oh, you know, turn it up. It's the teachers. The teachers the are teachers. the problem. We got them. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's truly the teachers who are out of control in this country. <laughs> it, this aggression just... will not stand, man. <laughs> no, here's what I want to do is give the sort of uh, power that police unions have to the teachers. Because then we yeah. might actually have good schools. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the difference between a police union and a teachers union are are really important here because it it sort of illustrates where the where the issues lie, and it's not with unions. Well, it's, now, Aaron, I think you'll find that they're both unions. Ipso facto, <laughs> they are the same. <laughs> Do you understand that? Police are state agents who act against citizens for the state. Mm. Teachers are like the opposite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a like enforcement rule role. They're they right apart apart from like getting in line. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> like te- taking like, attendance. <laughs> poli- and and we look at the police benefits are just like astronomically better than teacher benefits and pay. Oh, yeah. I mean, what is the statistic of like policemen who work in New York but live outside the city in very fancy, ridiculous homes? Like some of those policemen get paid like $200,000 a year. And it varies by place to place. Like I know like some of the policemen in my area, they they don't, you know, they're not wealthy by any means. But if you were to rate, like on average, if you were to say, do police make more than teachers? I think the answer would be yes, far and away. A lot more. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I would more. say at minimum like twenty <clears throat> to thirty thousand dollars a year more. Right. Yeah. That's so. what it's about. I've actually looked at the numbers and that's what it's that's about. Yeah, what yeah. It is. Um It and, shows and, you because money money goes to to you know, money demonstrates priorities. So it shows you where our priorities are, frankly. Well, and the thing that you'll find that teachers unions advocate for are things that are better for society. They're hmm. they're advocating on on behalf of the people. Whereas police unions are not. They're advocating right. on behalf of themselves. Right. Um, yeah. They're advocating. Which is on, all, it's like, oh, you want to put body cams on us? You're going to tie us down and keep us from protecting people from, I don't know, something, whatever. <laughs> you can make it harder for us to do our jobs of beating innocent people in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, just, it's just different, like, what they do. Um it's almost like the difference between there being a teacher's union and an army union. Like, oh yeah, yeah the, the army should unionize. Well, like, what does that even mean? Like, right. the, the police essentially represent the state. Like, teachers don't really represent the state. You know? Like, right. Um, anyhow, the, the, thing, the thing that really gets under Dan, Dan Waters or Wan Dalter's uh, fingernails here that really bugs him about teachers' unions and how they abuse power, just like the police, is how they uh, fight against charter schools. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, his that's example. An abuse of power for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so here's an example because charter that, schools are are prima facie good. <laughs> this is the this is the thing that that he brought up. Um, because in the recent California budget uh, negotiations. The the schools basically, the teachers unions basically fought to not reduce funding a, a substantial amount, but also to make all like emergency funding and stuff like that not go towards charter schools because charter schools siphon money away from local school school uh, um, districts. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they're basically like leeches on the system, really. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so it's just like this. He was saying like that was an abuse of power to really hurt charter schools like that. Which like, buddy. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Yeah. I mean, uh, charter Here's schools are probably you, worthy of a of a separate discussion, but the they're union, not really look, the, a thing. <laughs> 
here's what he says in the article, right? Um, uh, the state's powerful education unions led by the California Teachers Association benefit from three provisions in this uh, trailer bill on the on the budget. One prohibits school districts from laying off teachers. The second places a de facto cap on charter school enrollments. And a third dilutes transparency and accountability for educational outcomes, which, you know, are very important to, to measure during a pandemic when your mm. whole thing has been disrupted. Yeah, I, union- I love to measure educational outcomes. That's never been a, <laughs> uh, a, a, you know, a cudgel by which you destroy school systems. This is the this is the funny thing like he it's like he can't even see straight. He says that funding ignores districts losses of students due to COVID-19 shutdowns by basing state school aid on 20 to 21 on pre-pandemic levels of att- attendance. It's mm. a windfall to school systems experiencing enrollment declines but freezes funds for those seeing growth particularly charter schools. Thus, it forces school unions' longstanding campaign to kneecap charter school expansions. But, like, (laughs) why would enrollment go down Yeah, if it wasn't people, charter schools, sucking people and students and thus their funds because you're basically funded per a student, right? Right. Yeah, well, and we wouldn't want to have the public schools have a windfall. That would be bad. (laughs) That would just be bad. I don't, you know, it's just like, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I've been waiting for it and I'm glad that they did it. Um, but I think it's one of these things of like, this is a th- thought that I've had a lot lately is like picking your battles and what you're going to argue about and it, bringing up like, oh, the problem is unions. Like, I'm not even going to have that argument with people really. Like when mm. people talk about the police union, like, yeah, there are critiques to be made about police the police unions but Mm -hmm. that's just like so low on the list of things we need to be worrying about to me like right now i yeah you know like and and sometimes on the left like people get caught up in these arguments that like are not beneficial to your goal that's all sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah Speaking of uh, things that are complicated here. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering how you were going to segue that. (laughs) Uh, An observation I had, uh, um, I have have gone to a few stores in the past couple months um, Mm -hmm. to purchase some things. And one thing that I've noticed is the sort of general trend in retail stores of replacing sort of purpose-built point-of-sale equipment with like just an iPad and like a card reader. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because you think about, um, you know, like a lot of this cash register equipment, admittedly it's, it's made for sort of times gone by. Like it has, uh, you know, things to like process checks or, you know, handle, uh, like a cash drawer and things like that, which probably are not super needed anymore. But one thing that they did have was they often had hardware keyboards, that were nice mm-hmm. to type on and they were well designed. A lot of these point of sale equipment was designed by IBM. So it has very good keyboards. And now we've just done the thing, sort of the squareification for a long time. Indeed. Yeah. Very durable. And now you just toss an iPad at them and say, here, figure out our app, tap around on it and type on this hard screen. And uh, that's what you get now. Cause this is cheap. Uh, and it, and so basically what you get is like an iPad, like a Verifone credit card reader, if that, 
if not something that just plugs into the iPad itself and then like a receipt printer. And uh, it's interesting how poorly a lot of it seems to actually work in that, like, it seems to just be less reliable and yeah. uh, people have more problems with it. But also it's just user unfriendly uh, by virtue yeah. of being like the cheapest possible solution for this stuff. So I think it's and, interesting. Um, and the thing that this is like a technology thing, but, you know, my job is I work in educational technology and I've actually seen this literally trying to replace cash registers mm. with just, oh, well, let's just get him a Chromebook. Let's just get him an iPad. Yeah. Um, Here you go. Here's, just, a, here's an iPad with a square reader and you're good to go. It just doesn't, doesn't and work. And that's the thing. An iPad with a square reader, I think, makes sense for like a food truck, you know, like where right. you're like scrappy, you know, just starting out. But if you're like Old Navy, like, come on. <laughs> You have the money for a proper point of sale system. Well, the thing that they do is, and this is the thing that management and administration and bosses and CEOs and these people think is, oh, it's just an iPad. Therefore, we don't have to provide any training. Yeah. Everyone knows how to use an iPad. We just throw the new thing at them and say, go at it. Right. Um, Which ignores how bad a lot of the like point of sale apps are. And they've never used it themselves. There's nobody who knows how it works. The support is terrible. The people doing these jobs are not exactly like, you know, people on a cash register are not usually, you know, people who are going to pick up that kind of stuff real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, So, yeah, it's a real problem. And it's like this idea that we can just... Just replace it with some simple thing without thinking through all the problems. Yeah, um, is is something cheap. that's like a huge problem in our society, and that, that I like I deal with on well, a daily basis. Yeah, I mean we've been constantly like um, figuring out what's the cheapest possible thing we can do since like at least the seventies, if not longer. And it's just funny that the people who aren't super tech literate are they have this magical trust in technology, like. Right. It has basically replaced magic or the church. It yeah. is like, oh, well, we just trust in it. Whereas we don't know I think about you, it. I think if you ask someone it. like you, you know, who understands the technology and say, hey, do you think it would be smart to replace our cash registers with iPads? You'd probably go, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you ask any IT person about like, you know, d- deploying something new or, you know, like, oh, is this good? Like, will this make us, will this make us better and faster? The answer is going to be like, well, no, probably not. No. Yeah. I not, mean, <laughs> not unless you put like, come this up stuff with stuff isn't magic. And, yeah. Yeah. You can't <laughs> it, just, repl- you cannot. That's the thing that the lie that most technology in this world operates on. And, and it's, if anybody gets a chance to read the book by Neil Postman, Technopoly, um, it's basically, or techno, well, Technopoly, yeah. It's about this notion that like, the lie is that technology can abrogate all of the, the stuff that you don't want to have to do, mm-hmm. like actually working with people and actually explaining and teaching and developing systems like we can just replace it with magic brick we can just replace it with magic tablet well we don't it's and that's not how the world works right the the auto industry tried to do this in the 80s they thought well we can just we'll just have robots build cars and yeah uh, we'll get rid of all our workers 
and it turned out that you don't you can't just bolt some robots down it's very complicated the steps to build a car and you had things like robots welding each other or spray painting each other instead of the car and just causing wreaking all sorts and of havoc and even if the robots work a hundred percent exactly how they're supposed to who maintains the robots right who can, yeah. i mean you, and do, also, do you build more robots to maintain the robots like right also how do you all the way down <laughs> let's let's say you have a, a an assembly line for a car that is 100 percent robot how do you check at the end of that assembly line that the car is like ready to ship to the customer right. do, do you really think that you can like pass it under some cameras and say yeah it looks like it's in saleable condition or whatever like yeah. no, there there are things that that we simply cannot replace with technology. Well, <sighs> and and what it what it is is it's basically so much technology is a mechanical Turk in that it's just a ah, bit yeah. of flim just, flam magic that hides people underneath that doing the real hides work. all of the people underneath who you can pay less. Yeah, to do the work right. That's, That's what like what I, you know, I've read that a lot of like sort of machine learning, like if you want to train an algorithm to recognize, um, mm -hmm. you know, like objects or whatever, um, training it is a manual process. And it turns out that you just like literally go on Mechanical Turk, Amazon's Mechanical Turk website and pay people to like uh, draw boxes around the cars in this set of images. And that's literally how you do the, that, how you get those sorts of things up and running. Yeah. Yeah, people don't think of technology as a tool. Like you should think of an iPad like you think of a screwdriver. Right. Yeah, like you can't just hand someone a screwdriver if they don't if they don't know how to use it to do what you want them to do, right? Right. If your thing is build a desk, here's a screwdriver, and they have never built a <laughs> desk before. Like Yeah. How can you how do how can you expect that they will figure that out or like do it remotely? You know, similarly to how they used to do it. <laughs> yeah, and my my my, I have my outlook on this is kind of one of these like, po I have a positive outlook because I see that younger generations are not as enraptured by technology. Mm, mm hmm. I yeah. think that they've kind of like, since they've grown up in it, they kind of realize the lie to it all, you know? Well, uh, yeah. And as we talked about with the venture capitalist thing, technology has lost its sort of sheen of like, um, you know, like, oh, it's really cool. And we don't really think about it beyond that. We've yeah. dealt with it enough now to be like, oh, this stuff has consequences. <laughs> and hopefully, I mean, who knows? You know, people get dumb as they get older. So who knows if that holds out? But I'm thinking hopefully it, it will. Um, and people will start to think more critically about this stuff. Um, and not just the people who like me are the ones who have to go and actually make it work right. when somebody above them makes a dumb decision. Like, <laughs> Oh, let's just hand iPads out to everybody. Oh, let's just hand Chromebooks out to everybody. That'll solve everything. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing.